No longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. I know it's been a few days since I've been on the podcast. I believe nine days since I've uploaded, but I've got a plethora of episodes to give you guys. First, we're going to start with some UNC sports. Then we're going to dive into fantasy football. And then going to talk about the New York Giants because, guys, we're 4-1, and one, baby. But let's get started with some UNC sports because overall, a very good weekend for UNC athletics. Let's get started with football. We'll go talk about women's soccer. We can also talk a little bit of field hockey because I've been uh, watching their games a little bit, even though they've been away. But also, they got three home games coming up that I know I will go to at least two of them. Uh, and also, they're undefeated. They're number one in the country. A lot of promise with these fall sports. But again, let's start with football. UNC travels down to the 305, playing the Miami Hurricanes. Now, heading into this game, they have won three straight. Last year, they won on a game-winning interception by Cedric Gray off of Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke wanted some revenge, though. And believe it or not, Carolina came out on top here. This was a game I was a little worried about heading in because Miami has a very explosive offense. Tyler Van Dyke, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, although heading into this game, he wasn't playing his best. And this UNC team, I think, played a pretty solid game. Now, there were some woes offensively in the second half, and obviously defensively, they gave up 496 passing yards to Tyler Van Dyke, but... It was kind of the same situation as the game against Virginia last year where Brennan Armstrong threw for about 550, but they only ran the ball like for 20 yards. In this game against Miami, Miami ran the ball for 42 yards. So the passing was really it, and this is a team that's going to sling the football. I mean, Van Dyke threw the ball 57 times, but regardless, a huge win for the Tar Heels because they are now 5-1. They moved to 2-0 in conference play, and... For a football team that we weren't feeling great about after that Notre Dame game, they put up two very good weeks against ACC opponents, and that's what matters. We can all forget about the Notre Dame game and even the App State game. That felt like a loss, but there is a lot to be liked uh, with this UNC team, and you got to give the coaching staff some credit, uh, including Mac Brown, because I think uh, offense and defense have been coached very well. Let's get into the nitty-gritty right here. Drake May. 19 of 28, 309 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions though. Uh, not Did not like the picks that he threw. Uh, I know the offensive line didn't help him out on that second one, but he threw into double coverage on the second pick. The first pick I especially do not like. I love being aggressive there, but just missed Nesbitt on that, uh, on that post route. Ended up being an interception, gave Miami three points before the half to make it 21-17 instead of 21-10. But overall, it's still Drake May. He still had a pretty good game. He made some absurd throws in that first half. And obviously in the second half, the UNC offense really couldn't get a touchdown on the board. Uh, but that will give the defense their credit once we get to them. Caleb Hood was probably the best offensive player of the day, in my opinion. 13 carries, 74 yards. That's about six a pop, but then also caught five passes for 50 yards. He ran really hard. I think he's really separated himself as being the number one running back for this team ahead of Omarion Hampton, even though he ran for a touchdown. He had 15 rushes, but only for 36 yards. Caleb Hood just got to stay healthy. Love the potential, though. And then receiving, it was spread around pretty nice again. J.J. Jones, two catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Had a nice 74-yard go-route touchdown on a busted coverage to open the game. Josh Downs, 6 for 69. He had a touchdown as well. Green had a nice 52-yard catch. He had two catches for 63. Nesbitt had a 22-yarder. So again, a very diverse passing attack with 
throwing to multiple guys, uh, you're hitting some deep throws with Green and J.J. Jones, and you're getting Josh Downs involved the most, which I really like in the running back catching. Again, Caleb put at five catches. Very good. I know Drake May's picks weren't pretty, and this wasn't his best game by any means, but he did enough to lead this team and get the win because it's a very defensive second half uh, compared to what we saw in the first half. Now let's go to the defense because we can talk all we want and say that we gave up 500 passing yards. I don't care about that. UNC made three huge plays that helped them win this game. First, and the one that people are forgetting about, the fourth and goal stop on the goal line pretty much. Preventing Miami from getting any points. They would, I mean, they're going for a touchdown. Could have easily swung that game early in the first quarter. I believe it was in the at the end of the first quarter or start of the second quarter. Uh, they shut down the Hurricanes at like the two-yard line. That's a huge play. The fourth and two run by Knighton. And you get Cedric Gray with a punch out. Recovered by Geo Biggers. Uh, Miami probably scores on that drive if Knighton holds on to the ball. That's a huge play to get a turnover. And then obviously to end the game, Cayman Rucker gets a deflection on the pass by Van Dyke. That causes the ball to sail over the Hurricane receiver. And then DeAndre Boykins, who has probably been the team's best secondary member this season. He gets a huge interception, throws the U down, and seals the deal. So in my eyes, three, obviously two turnovers, but three turnovers with the turnover on downs in my mind. Uh, and those plays really just showed how this Tar Heel defense, they, they were bending a lot but they did not break. And that's something that you need from your defense to win these conference games because obviously we got Duke coming up next, but we got Pitt still on the schedule. We got Wake Forest still, NC State. Defense cannot break in those games. And I think they did a really good job. I'm proud of this defense. They played hard. I think they played with a different sense of urgency. And you got to look at the linebackers. I mean, Power Eccles had 14 tackles, 12 solo. Such a great 13 tackles, nine solo. These two linebackers are the heart and soul of this defense. They are great leaders. They are all over the place. Linebacker play, in my opinion, was a weakness last season. I didn't think Jeremiah Gimmel really, you know, set the tone. And Cedric Gray was just kind of becoming into his own with that Miami game. He wasn't there yet with how good he is now. But him and Power Eccles are a really good tandem at the linebacker spot. And I think they kind of shore up a lot of the weaknesses with you know, the inability to kind of get to the quarterback, only two sacks on the day. Uh, and then the, the DBs are obviously a big problem, but these guys are making big tackles uh, in the open field, which has been a weakness for this defense for a few years now. So especially those guys. And then again, DeAndre Boykins, he had a sack as well, ta- uh, a tackle for loss. I don't know if that's included as the same stat, four tackles as well. Uh, DeAndre Boykins, I love how he plays. He's so aggressive in that nickel spot again our our best secondary member of the year and then Noah Burnett I mean he's turning into a pretty darn good kicker uh made all five of his kicks three extra points two field goals uh special teams needs to be recognized well this was now people might not think it was pretty but this is a tough Miami team coming off of a couple bad losses and UNC on an off day on offense weathered the storm. The whole thing thought about with this team was we had to score 60 points to win. Well, this defense has shown up in the past two weeks and shown that if the offense is struggling for a half, the defense can pick them up. 
You know, I got on Mac Brown to start the season. Mac Brown has done a great job so far uh, in these NACC play. Full Longo, his play calling is still very good. And Gene Chizik has done something with these guys. I don't know if it's player-led or coach-led, but this defense is playing much more inspired. They're getting more after it. And again, I do not care that Tyler Van Dyke threw for 500 yards, took 57 passes to get there. He also threw that pick. A good all-around game. I'm very happy with how this one ended. For a team that we thought was just going to be pretty bad with how I started the season, this team is 5-1. and one. This team has Duke coming up. They want to keep that bell. 6-1, and one, this team might be ranked soon. Time to start putting some respect on the Tar Heel names, and I've even got to admit, I was doubting this team, but I love how they've been playing. And I love the, I mean, 161 yards on the ground, I love that too. Much more balanced. So that's really what I got to say on football. Let's head over to women's soccer. Definitely let me know on social media, Joshua D3, I believe on Instagram and Twitter. I might be Jay Dolgoff3. Let me just confirm that for you guys real quick. If you guys ever, you know, check out the socials, Jay Dolgoff3 on Instagram and Twitter. But let's go to women's soccer because after a shocking loss to Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech, they have two home games against number 13 Pitt and then Wake Forest, who, or not Wake Forest, my apologies, against NC State, who beat them last season, a huge reason why they missed the ACC tournament, and they dominated this weekend. First, let's start with that Pitt game, because my goodness, the goals scored in this game were unbelievable. They were incredible shots. Started with Sam Meza in the 12th minute. She had a shot from about 20 yards out, off her right foot, bottom right corner, around three defenders. I mean, there was only one angle for her to take that shot, and perfect aim. Tori Hansen had a great goal off a corner kick. Now, this is what I loved about that this play. You got Talia Della Peruta, who's taking this corner, but she doesn't cross this ball in initially. She passes it out to left back Paige Tolentino, and that extra pass can cause the defense to shift just enough. Get your players to move a little off the defender just enough. Tolentino with her left foot sends the ball in. Hansen heads it beautifully into the goal for her fourth goal of the season. They would get a third goal as well. Talia Della Peruta with an absolute screamer from outside the, from uh, barely inside the box. I mean, it kind of gets set back to her. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was, uh, but with one touch, bangs at top right corner. I mean, that's a professional shot right there. I mean, welcome back Talia Della Peruta after that this performance with the kind of the hockey assist and then the goal. She was phenomenal. Dorrance named her the player of the match. I mean, she she really transforms this midfield coming off the bench. That's the type of insurance players you need if the starting group um or when the starting group subs out rather. And then Maddie Deline has really this weekend Come to her own. She had her first goal. A beautiful pass by Emily Colton. A nice through ball. Deline beats three defenders. Finishes it uh, across the goalie for her first goal. And that would be it. 4-0 for the Tar Heels. A statement win. After a couple rough losses in ACC play, you're 2-2. Two two. You're playing a pretty good pit team. Again, 13th in the country. You outshoot them 22-5. 10-4 in shots on goal. This is the type of team... That can go win the national championship. The way they played against Pitt with the offensive firepower that they had, the relentless pressure they put on Pitt, they even had a PK save. Emmy Allen, great save. Guessed right, dove right, bottom left corner of the, the Pitt players going for. She said, no siree. A complete performance. If the Duke game didn't happen, this would be her, their best game of the season. But obviously, the Duke game is going to be their best game of the season 
for the regular season. Now, hopefully we get something better in the playoffs as they make some runs. I hope will, will happen, but uh, looking at this game again, Della Pruda was fantastic. Love her in the midfield. She's, I mean, obviously coming off an injury is tough, but she's definitely getting her legs up under her. And we saw it with that shot. I, I think she got so much better in this offseason. And coming off the bench is a little deceptive because you might not think she's, I mean, Dorrance does not play the best 11 players every single time. He kind of plays who's hot. He goes off a of feel. And I like that because Maddie Deline came off the bench. She started the next game. But also, he knows that keeping some of some very good players to come off the bench, you sustain the high level of play. And Della Peruta is a, is a player to do that for you. So, uh, and then again, the goal was just it was just spectacular. It, it was one of the best goals I've probably seen at UNC. Just in terms of shot placement and power, it, it was it was perfect. Uh, speaking of Maddie Deline, the pace she brings, she's one of the fastest freshmen. Uh, UNC's probably ever had, honestly. She broke some like cone drill in the offseason, but she's got pace. She can outrun defenders. She makes good runs, and she can finish. And she was very good at setting up her teammates, too. So, and that, that earned her a starting spot. So, we're seeing a lot different players step up, and those two players were a big part in that win against Pitt. Now going to Sunday against NC State, this was a revenge game. And after a big win against Pitt, it would not be uncommon for a team to kind of start out a little slow. That didn't really happen. You could say they start out a little slow because they didn't score until the 43rd minute, but they outshot NC State 15 to 2 in the second in the in the first half. They outshot them 29 to 3 for the game, 12 for 2 in shots on goal. NC State keeper had 10 saves. She had to make some big saves. The breakthrough happened in the 43rd minute. Emily Murphy. Uh, the ball was kind of just floating in the air. I, it was either off a corner kick or a cross. I hit like the crossbar, but Murphy was there, right place, right time. Sticks it in the goal with her right foot. That is her fifth goal of the season. I believe that's second on the team. Like I said, in my top five breakout stars, Emily Murphy is a goal scorer. Doesn't matter how she does it. She's always there to, to get one on the board for the heels. I love how she's been playing. Again, another Great player who can come off the bench for Anson Dorrance. This team is insanely deep. She's just another example of why. And then something they've done several times this year, which I love. They score fast coming out of the second half. They keep their foot on the gas pedal. No breaks whatsoever. Avery Patterson, 20 or 37 seconds into the half. Passes it to Ali Sentinor. Lays it back to her. Patterson finishes the goal uh, for her eighth of the season. And this was also a very good shot by Patterson. I mean, we know you give her any space around the 18, she's going to shoot it and score. She's got one of the best shots on the team. Uh, great to see her uh, get get another one on the board because she is this team's go-to go score, in my opinion, because, again, she's got a rocket for a foot. Uh, great, great placement. And uh, I feel like, not that she's been quiet, but we've seen a lot of other players uh, kind of be the new ones to chip in, but having her be a consistent contributor for goals is, is great. Uh, great to see. And this defense, I mean, NC State had absolutely nothing. It's a very makeshift back line with the two center backs out. But Tori Hansen, Julia Dorsey, Emily Moxley, Tessa Deller, as I said, every episode, they have, they've done a great job at, at that back line. And they shut down State. I mean, two shots on goal for NC State. Really nothing to, to speak of for, for the Wolfpack. This was a complete one-sided game. It was like target practice. And this is... What doesn't make sense to me is you go to Virginia Tech and you're up 1-0, you're dominating, and then it's just like the second half would just be 
it'd just be rough. You give up two goals, you get a red card or a second yellow from Maggie Pierce. And it's just like, are some of these losses flukes? Is it a lack of concentration in the second half? Because what I've seen at Dorn Stadium minus that Virginia game, or you could say a little bit the UCLA game, but these two games show that this team plays a complete 90 minutes on both sides of the ball. They're selfless. They're looking for their teammates. They're great, great passers. And then the pressure to just always be firing on goal. Every single minute in these games, is, is there's action. And I'm just confused of how this team has lost two games in conference with what they displayed this weekend. And I think it's partly getting back to full strength. I think it's partly figuring out who can play well together because me personally, I loved Maddie Deline getting the start, getting that experience, but I prefer her off the bench. I think she's a great super sub. But then at the same time, so is Isabel Cox at the right wing spot. And you put Sentinel up top um, uh, at the striker spot for that game. So Dorrance is going to mix and match his lineups, which is completely fine because I don't mind you going with the hot hand. Deline was playing really well. You earn your playing time. But it just goes to show that this team is so freaking talented. They've got so many players who can just plug in and play. They play well with each other. They love playing with each other. It's so, so evident. You know, every time they celebrate a goal, it's a team. And if they keep playing like this, they can win the ACC. I believe they'll get another crack at Virginia, and they'll show why they should have won that first matchup. So it's kind of there. This play, the play style has been so much better this year, in my opinion, compared to last year. They still love to cross it. They're still going to get guys um, in the box. They're going to get bodies in there to get headers and everything. But the play through the middle and the willingness and the, I mean, the guts to just shoot it from outside the 18 and score really shows the work this team has put in. Super happy. And unfortunately, the one bad thing at this point, there's only one home game left. They play Wake Forest on Friday night for senior night. And then they're at Florida State. That's going to be a massive game. Then they're at Miami, at Louisville. Only four games until the ACC championship. The ACC tournament starts on October 30th. So season is really wrapping up for the fall. I'm excited to see it, though. Women's soccer hopefully hitting their stride at the right time. Lastly, let's go to some field hockey because three-time national champion Aaron Matson is just destroying the competition. 13 goals on the season. Tied for second in the country and they got two big wins up north they beat boston college four to three aaron Matson, actually no she does not have 13 goals i got my stats wrong she has 16 goals it was 13 before the weekend uh she scored one against boston college along with sessa yasmina smolinars riley heck those two freshmen really contributing this was a very good game i saw the end of it boston college is is a very good team they made a push in that fourth quarter but this defense uh really holding its own and that's especially true in this game against UConn. I mean, they win 3-0. It's their sixth shutout in 11 games. Goalkeepers made some great saves. Two goals by Aaron Matson in this game. Third by Riley Heck. A bit of a defensive game because Matson's goals were the sixth minute and then the 48th minute. But, you know, they're 23-8 on shots, 15-5 on goal. They're making saves when needed. They save all five UConn shots that were on target. Uh, and, and this team, they are, they're 11-0, top, best in the country. It, it's a very talented team. Don't have too much to say because I obviously wasn't able to watch all of it, but I just want to let you all know, I'll be talking some more field hockey when I get to see them at home. I believe they're playing Syracuse this Friday. I want to make sure I get this right, looking at their schedule right now. Yes, Friday at 3 p.m. They're playing Syracuse in the pink game to benefit UNC Lineberger. It's also alumni weekend, so that'll be fun. Head out to Karen Shelton Stadium to watch some field hockey. 
But pretty much, I mean, great weekend for UNC Athletics. Teams are playing well. The stars are showing up. And we've got three very fun teams to watch. I'll keep you tuned on that. That's going to do it for this episode of 125 Unfiltered. Definitely stay tuned because we're talking a lot of NFL coming up. It was a crazy week four. Week five, your team, your boy bounced back with a lot of his teams. Going to break both weeks down. And then again, obviously, the New York Giants. We're back, baby. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.